everybody. Today we have Fred Clinshaw. You can find him online, fredclinshawfishing.com. Also on Instagram, the Hammer of Fury. You got to check this guy out. He is a guide at Lake Casitas, also at Kachuma and Castaic. We're going to have a great conversation today. Uh, Fred, welcome to the program. Thanks for coming, man. Thank you, Mike. Thank you for having me on. Yeah. So, you know, I got into fishing a year ago through COVID, and I know a lot of people did, and, and I'm fascinated by it. And we were able to go out on the water and learn a bunch. And so I'm just so thankful to you, for you to be here now. But I think there's so much to fishing that, uh, that we can uncover and talk about that relates to money, relates to life, relates to so many things. So first, let's just talk about you. How, how, how did you get into fishing? Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, it's funny. So um, I grew up in Port Wainimi, Oxnard area. And back when I grew up, uh, <laughs> way back when I grew up, well, back when I grew up, uh, it, you know, the, it was a beach community. And um, the, uh, the area I grew up in had a lot of surfing and fishing going on. There was a fishing pier. There was rocks. There was a beach. There was harbors. There was a, a lot of opportunity for fishing. There was farm ponds in the area. There was some sloughs. So there, there was an abundance of fishing. And so when uh, we weren't surfing, we were fishing. My mom sort of would just drop us off, and we would uh, call her at the end of the day. You know, this was... Back in the days when the streetlights came on, you had to be home. And um, we we uh, we fished a lot of freshwater, but at that time it was mostly saltwater. We did a lot of saltwater fishing from the beach and the pier and the jetties and the harbors. And uh, that just progressed into getting small skiffs as uh, young men and doing a, a lot of sand bass and calico bass fishing and uh, bigger boats going out a little bit further and at the same time, we still did family vacations at lakes, uh, all the area lakes in Southern California and Central California. And um, so freshwater was always there, but it was mainly saltwater. And um, I think I really cut my teeth with learning how to fish really well was on sport boats and having my own boats and fishing saltwater bass. Then the 90s came and the big bait thing started happening at Lake Casitas where all those giants were being caught on big swim baits. You know, these are big swim baits that imitate a trout, which was a something that was planted at Lake Casitas on uh, a weekly frequency. We uh, started throwing these 12 to 14 inch size baits and these massive bass would chase it, you know, follow it. And if you're lucky, you caught one every once in a while. And that's what just turned me straight to freshwater at that time. We just really got into um, throwing the big baits and catching. And, well, I mean, the, the, the first month I did it, I caught two fish in one week. One was 9 pounds and one was 11.2 pounds. And, uh, you know, as a, as a fisherman, and uh, namely a bass fisherman, those are big. And those are big. Yeah, they're big. And that was my, oh, I'm all about this. And then, you know, the, the big bait thing kind of slowed down a little bit for me because there's a lot of times you go out and that's all you're doing. And most of the guys uh, that don't do it had stellar days on jigs or worms or crankbaits or heartbeats of of any sort. And you didn't get anything. (laughs) Let's let's talk about the last year. So we're sitting here in 2021. Yeah. And uh, fishing for a lot of people, I'm in this group, uh, that are new to fishing and really have taken it up. Uh, the sport has grown over the last year. What have you seen? That's exactly what I've seen. So uh, the beginning of last year, uh, I expanded my operation from uh, strictly Lake Casitas to Lake Castaic and uh, bought another boat so that I can do that because the lakes have a quagga mussel tagging. 
which means you're, you're only allowed to take that boat to that lake without getting um, quarantined for another lake. So it just made sense to get a second boat so that I could expand. And uh, that was about the time I got everything online that COVID hit. And I thought, I'm, I'm sunk. I got two boats now, and I'm not going to be able to go to work anymore. And uh, it was just the opposite. It was, it was probably a couple weeks that it was slow where people were kind of feeling out what was going on. Lake Acetas closed, and um, Castaic stayed open. What had happened is the phone just rang off, rang off the hook. Everybody that I had scheduled wanted to go to Castaic, and more people had more time. They were bored, and they started getting into fishing. And I think that over 50% of the people at that time that I was taking fishing had probably never even fished before. Mm-hmm. Talk, talk to me. Let's let's go this route. What, talk to me about the difference between fishing um, from the shore or a pier at a lake, a pun, like Casitas or Castaic, versus renting a boat themselves versus hiring a guide. What are the differences? Walk us through those. Sure. So shore fishing, you can catch fish and do very well. And a lot of guys are dedicated shore fishermen, which I was a long time ago, especially when uh, I was talking about the big bait stuff. Um, and the rental boats, the same thing. You're, you're a little more mobile. You can get out and try different areas of the lake, but you're limited to a uh, aluminum boat and an outboard engine, and that's it, uh, except for everything you bring aboard with you. Uh, so the, being on the shore, you're limited to foot and uh, the terrain. There's some places you can't fish because it might be brushy or too steep or muddy, you know, just tough to get to. Where if you're on that rental boat, you could get on the other side of that and fish that whole shoreline. Uh, now, renting a guide uh, for the day, uh, hiring somebody to take you fishing like, like me, uh, this boat is fully equipped with all the electronics. It's a late model boat. It has a trolling motor on that will move you around uh, a spot within the spot. And the equipment that, that is included, everything's included, absolutely everything. All you need is a fishing license. And with that, you get on the boat. And you're going to be fishing with a guide who knows the lake, knows the area, is in tune with the lake, and can follow the schools and the patterns of the fish themselves. Meaning like wintertime, you followed them down deep, or springtime, you followed them up. And what shorelines they're going to be congregated to, or the or back to wintertime, the structure that they might be on down deep. You know, just just uh, you have the advantage of his knowledge on the boat, whether you're a first timer or you've been uh, a long time fisherman who's just unfamiliar with the water. In, mm-hmm. in terms of, um, you know, and, and that's I, I really appreciate that synopsis and that that review. What what um, what does it typically cost? I mean, it, it, I think people may think it costs a lot more than it actually does. But uh, what are what are the programs? For example, what programs do you offer? Well, let's 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 just break it down this way. So if you're going to shore fish, you don't know what you're going to buy. So you're going to go to the tackle store and you may spend 50 bucks, 100 bucks, let's say 100 bucks. And then you got your tackle and um, and you're so you're into it for maybe 100 bucks and you're going to fish all day and maybe you're successful, maybe you're not successful. And then let's do it in terms of uh, renting a boat. Now you have that same tackle that you bought. 
but now you spend another hundred bucks or so to uh, rent a boat. So now you're into it for a couple hundred bucks. And you're going to go out on the lake and you may be successful, you may not be. Um, for maybe 25 to $50 more, you can uh, hire a guide for a half day and walk down, get on his boat with nothing in your hand and use top-of-the-line equipment. And like I said before, he's got the knowledge of where the fish most likely will be and the chances are you're going to be successful. See, that's the thing with being newer to it like I am. That's the thing that, that it's hard to quantify that, but that's so true. That is mm -hmm. what you just said, 100% true. Yeah. Um, you know, because there's, talk to us about the decision making. If you're, let's say, say you got a boat. Um, that, that I'm, or let's say I have a boat. Mm -hmm. I'm new to fishing. I have a boat. What's the decision process I have to make to find the fish? Like, versus what a guide knows. For example, there are spots. There are spots on spots, you said. Mm -hmm. You know, what... In, in what bait, in what time, and what and what are some of those just decision processes that someone has to pattern? Yeah, that's funny. I just wrote an article in the Western Outdoor News earlier in the year on this. It's just breaking down a lake. Uh, the average fisherman and up to the advance typically can break down a lake. Some are better than others, and um, but the new guy, you know, you you go out and you rent a boat. And, you've, and there's a lot of times you say, well, this looks like a good spot. And you pile up there and you start fishing and, and maybe it was or maybe it wasn't. Now, when you're, when you're an experienced fisherman, typically you, you remember from years past, okay, springtime, they're typically at this part of the lake. Or in there, they're in this type of water this, or this temperature of water. Uh, wintertime, same thing. The fall, summer, you know, they're... They're just like us. You know, in the wintertime, we kind of hold up in our house. We go to work. We come home. We sit by the fire. You know, we want to be comfortable. Um, summertime, we're running around all over the place. We're doing vacations. It's not that different with fish. Um, you know, the uh, the summertime, their their metabolisms are up. They're chasing bait around. You know, the it might be just after a spawn, so there's a lot of uh, fry and... Um, things for them to feed on and they have tails so they're swimming around and they're chasing them around in the winter time they're just kind of hold up looking for areas to be comfortable a good spot in the water column that has the consistent temperature you know it doesn't go up much doesn't go down much and there's a high protein feed for them so they're going to kind of live in that area and hold out uh, springtime they go into like a, a breeding season basically and they're going to move up to areas that are going to be warmer than the rest of the lake, which is typically shallower water with a gravelly bottom. So, um, And then the fall time, they're going the other way. They're trying to fatten up and get ready for the winter, just like a bear or something else like that would be, you know. So those are those are just some basic areas that are, are things to remember when you're looking for spots. Um, I can go on and on and on and on and on, but that's just some basic areas that you go, and then the spot within the spot. So you might find a cove that holds fish. Well, Maybe there's a certain areas of structure in that cove. So there might be fish all over that cove, but two or three spots hold a larger percent of those fish in that cove. And there's some, I mean, that's the thing too. It, it, I think there's some areas that they, they call it dead water. That there's oh, just yeah. not fish. Mm -hmm. There's not. Um, mm -hmm. let's, go, let's go to the lakes. So your, your guide at 
uh, Lake Casitas, mm-hmm. Lake Kachuma, mm-hmm. and Lake Cascade. Mm-hmm. Talk to us about these these three different lakes. For example, the only thing I know or have heard is Casitas has more quality big fish. Kachuma has more catchable fish and quantities of catchable fish. And Castaic's always windy. That's all I know. <laughs> so, but give, give us give us some enlightenment. So there are three fantastic lakes, and then uh, one that I would love to throw in the mix, but I can't because it's definitely got the quagga mussels, like Piru. That's another local lake that's just a fantastic fishery. Um, so let's start up north and go south. So Kachuma is an absolutely beautiful lake. It's a it's a wonderful lake. It's a great fishery. Um, it's I would say. Right now, well, recent within the last year, it's a great place to go practice bass fishing. And what I mean by that is you can catch a lot of bass there on a number of different lures. Um, and uh, just to go back a little bit, I, I focus mostly on professional-style bass fishing with artificial lures. Not not much bait is used. Um, so that's a, that's a lake you can go maybe throw a hard bait or a soft bait or a jig or a plastic worm and practice, practice, practice and catch a bunch. There's always an opportunity to get a really big one there, but they have uh, quality fishing with largemouth and smallmouth bass. And now let's uh, go south to Casitas, which is, I would consider my home lake. That lake is world renowned for a quality fishery because the bass tend to be a little bit bigger. Um, it's a Florida strain bass and they've just, the genetic is just incredible. It's not uncommon uh, to catch four-pound bass and bigger. Where at uh, Kachuma, the the fish run you know one to three pounds. Um, you saw that on our trip. We we got a couple of really nice fish. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, and so, but the thing about Casitas, it's it's a very very challenging fishery. So you're going to go there, and uh, the best guys can get humbled on that lake, um, which for me makes me want to go back the next day. You know, it's, it's, it's the, you get to a point where you're, you're not so interested in catching a bunch of small fish. You would just really love to full and work for larger fish. And that, that's what I would consider casitas. And, and I'm talking bass. There's other things at both those lakes, quality trout. Kachuma has incredible, uh, uh, quality trout fishing. Also has really good crappie fishing and, and bluegills and catfish. Where Casitas has, um, we've been catching a lot of trout lately too on accident, fishing for bass, uh, three-pound trout, uh, not uncommon. And that was as of yesterday. And um, the biggest crappie you've ever seen, and then, of course, bluegills and, and catfish. Now, getting to Castaic, Castaic's a completely different fishery than both of those lakes. It has the smallmouth and largemouth bass. The, um, the, the quality of largemouth and uh, smallmouth bass at that lake, in my opinion, has diminished, but is not gone. There's there's definitely quality in the, both in that lake uh, with both species. But what it also has is striped bass. Um, striped bass uh, uh, came into that lake and uh, changed it from days before. That lake had huge bass in it. And in fact, it holds the state record currently and has for over 25 years. Um, roughly, um, but it has a very good striped bass fishing. So there's there's three styles of bass you can catch in that lake, and then of course they have crappies and bluegills and catfish in that lake as well. 
So a lot of a lot of diverse styles of uh, lake we have here yes. around Ventura County. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, give us an overview as well of the islands. I mean, we have the islands so close, and um, I think that's a totally different style of fishing, but people people go there as well. well talk to us about the fish we see there and, and yeah. what that's like. Yeah, so Channel Islands, we're in such a beautiful area of the country because we have these incredible freshwater fisheries, I mean, uh, you know, 30 to 40 miles apart from each other, if not less. But then we also have the ocean, which has got some incredible, incredible coastline fishing. And uh, then we have the Channel Islands, which if you haven't been out there, they're just absolutely gorgeous. Um, uh, we got Anacapa. Well, close by is Anacapa and Santa Cruz. Those are easy day trips. Uh, and then you got Santa Rosa that's just past that. And then you got San Miguel, which is past that. Um, Anacapa fishery has it is just incredible. The whole front side is mostly state parks, so you can't fish much of it, uh, only for pelagics in most places, which is like a yellowtail or a tuna or something like that. But the resident fish, like the rockfish and the calico bass, um, is is really good there too. Um, the backside. Uh, the, the bass fishing is fantastic. Wintertime is a really good time to go catch bass at that um, island. Uh, typically a small boat in the kelp, there's nothing like it. There's white sea bass as well. Um, recently they've been having uh, really good uh, catches of white sea bass and some uh, springtime yellowtail, quality, quality yellowtail, and halibut, a lot of halibut. Uh, Santa Cruz, more of the same, except it is probably my favorite island to fish. There's a, l- a lot more diversity. You got flats and cliffs and reefs and stuff. Um, a lot of sheephead, uh, a lot of different styles of fish. But if you were looking for bass fishing, the, the calico bass fishing is fantastic at all those. And then Santa Rosa, also an incredible fishery for all the same fish, but it's a little more remote. So it's a, it got a lot less pressure. And the, ten, the fish tend to be a little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. We're talking with Fred Clinshaw. You can get more information at fredclinshawfishing.com on Instagram, the Hammer of Fury. If you're thinking about doing a guide trip with Fred, uh, Google, you'll see us 56 five-star reviews. Um, you can call or text him at 805-630-0160. Uh, we're going to continue. Fred, tell me, uh, tell me about this. I have a friend that says... He loves to take his kids fishing because some lessons can only be taught on the water. What are those lessons, Fred? What are some of those things <laughs> that you see um, that are good lessons in fishing? Well, there's lessons for both sides. There's lessons to, you know, the dads to keep from throwing their kids overboard. <laughs> right? Yeah. There's, uh, there's um, you know, there's, uh, thank you, there's a... Uh, you know, for the kids, it's really tough to keep them keep them uh, focused. I think, and I'm talking the little kids. Uh, you know, there there's um, there's occasionally there's some kids that are just into it and they, they stick out the whole trip. Um, uh, and so there's lessons for kids to to learn patience, but there's also lessons for the parents as well. You know, um, if you're if you're a dad and you're taking your kid. It's a good time to focus on the kid. And most of you know that they grow up so fast and they're gone before you know it. And if you're just taking your kid to go fishing and he's just hanging in the back of the boat, I'm sure it's quality time. But you're going to get a lot more out of it spending a lot of time just focusing on the kid. 
what I mean by that is, as far as the fishing aspect goes, is to maybe take them and just go catch something. Don't if you're a hardcore bass fisherman, maybe it's not the time to go hardcore bass fishing. Maybe take them and catch little dink bass or little bluegills or something like that. You know, um, uh, I I uh, I have a son who's a uh, saltwater boat captain. Uh, he's uh, he's based down in San Diego, and he started with bluegills. That really got him going. Uh, we used to go out, and when he was, I, I literally started him at two years old. He could barely even speak. And uh, used to go to the sloughs and the creeks and wherever there was small fish just for him to pull on and catch. Uh, And that literally got him hooked. And that progressed slowly into a couple of years where I would imagine probably about eight years old he was. Um, I wasn't even tying his lures for him anymore, you know. And he became a lifelong fishing partner at that point. Um, uh, That... You know, there's 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 uh, there's uh, uncountable times that you're you're fishing with your kids and conversations come up. Um, you know, and that's a good time to give your advice or listen to maybe some things that your kids want to talk to you about. You know, there's all kinds of lessons that happen when you're fishing. That's yeah. uh, so well said. Mm-hmm. There, there. Um, I have a friend who really enjoys golfing with his kids, and one of the things he said is. You know, as they're teenagers and we're spending four hours together, stuff just comes out, you know, and, and, and spending that time, especially at a time where they don't want to spend time with you. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, fishing is a sport that does take some time as well, you know, if, you, if you're kind of doing it. But, um, you know, it's really a good time to start fishing right now, too, if you're thinking about starting that with your kid, because um, back when I was younger, uh, as a kid, you know, to be quite honest, fishing was just not cool. You didn't really tell people you went fishing as a kid, uh, for one reason or another. I don't know what it was about, but, uh, now it's really super cool. And chances are if your kid's on Instagram, he's probably seeing some people that he follows that are hardcore fishermen. And if you're a dad that hasn't taken your kid fishing yet and you ask him to go, chances are he'll probably want to go. You know, it might be really cool for the both of you guys. That's uh, mm-hmm. well said. You know, we have we have Father's Day coming up. Yep. Um, so I, it's a great Father's Day gift um, to, you know, for, for maybe the spouse or the kids to go fishing with your father. Yep. And we talk about memories and building memories. Um, you've been on a number, I mean, as a guide, as you have been, talk to us about some of these trips you've seen you know, and the memories that are made through these trips. I mean, can you highlight some? Oh, man. So, you know, there's it's um countless. I think every trip there's a memory. I had one last night that was just fantastic. Uh, the uh, the young man was, uh, he basically, it's, uh, it's not his stepdad, but it's a, uh, let's just say a guy that is in a long-term relationship with his mom. Um, they're close. They're very fun. Uh, they they have a lot of fun together. The uh, the guy was uh, in his early twenties, and his dad wasn't really around, so this guy you know kind of took over for him. Well, he's been the 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 older guy was um, he's into fishing. He's not he's not the best. He's definitely not the worst fisherman. So, but the 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 younger man had never caught a bass before, never been on a lake, and never been on a boat. So we thought it was a good idea to book a trip with me, and we went out and we caught four beautiful bass and one uh, smaller one. Um, 
when I saw those guys get off the boat, first of all, they were just saying how much fun they were having. And, you know, I just kind of held back and let them have their moment, put them on the fish. But watching them walk off the boat, it was literally hugs at the dock. And then they were hugging each other and arms around each other, walking back to the truck. And that's the best tip that a guy can ever get, in my opinion. You know, I mean, they'll they'll hopefully return, and if not, they'll have that for the rest of their lives together. You know. Yeah. Where where yeah. else do you see that from men right. hugging each other? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> where else? Yeah. I mean, other than a world, you know, championship for their team. You know? <laughs> that was a world championship for their team. <laughs> you know, and then there's there's a uh, you know um, I'll, I'll tell you a really quick story. You know, when I. Uh, when I first started guiding, I, I was a heavy tournament fisherman, and, and, and tournaments were pretty much my focus in bass fishing. I, I was fishing a lot of tournaments, and I had that tournament mentality. Um, and what, what I mean by that is you need the most win. You need your five fish uh, to weigh more than anybody else's in the tournament. Otherwise, you don't win. And typically, you know, you catch one-and-a-half to two-pound bass, in a, a, a day that the fish are biting pretty good and that's all you're catching, you're not going to win a tournament. And it was really hard making that transition to uh, get rid of that mentality when I took people fishing. Uh, the first, uh, because what what I was seeing was people were getting on that boat and they may catch a fish that's barely legal and it's the best fish they've ever caught. And uh, that was just one of the other things um, uh, I had I, I saw these these people getting super happy and excited of catching two three fish that maybe only a pound or two a piece, and uh, uh, you have to realize that you're making their memory for them. So you can't uh, take them off of a school of fish that are small if they're having the best time of their life to go look for one that's bigger. You know. Yeah, that's uh, a good point. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all have a different barometer of success. Exactly. Or, you know, yeah. Uh, how about this? I know a lot of people come to California. I mean, they look at California as a special place and Southern California as well. And people talk about, you know, when you visit Southern California, you likely go into L.A., Hollywood, and then you might take a trip to Northern California, but you stop somewhere in between when you're here for a week or two. Um, and I've always said, I think Ventura County is such a sleeper for people to visit. And uh, and then when you're visiting, well, what do you do? Obviously, the beach is here Downtown is nice. The hills are nice. Ojai is nice. Ventura is nice. Uh, but that lake, Lake Casitas, and going fishing is something to do. Have you had Have you had many out of town folks uh, that you've been able to, you know, if people are visiting, um, talk to us about what it's like for them and having them as a as as a someone on your boat. Sure. So that's a really good question, and it's something that. Uh, I see probably 40 to 50% of the time. So there's there's quite a few people that, that book me from out of town. And 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 rightly so. When I go out of town, I book a guide. You know, it's uh it's just like we explained earlier. It's just it just makes sense. I could probably break down a lake and but it would um it would take me longer. You go with a guide, he's got everything. So these guys come from out of town and I've I've fished all over the west and a little bit in the south. What they don't have in those places like we have in most, uh, most of those places don't have what we have is the scenery. We have mountains. I mean, you know, I fish Texas. A lot of Texas is flat and the lakes are are the deepest spot is 20 feet. We have beautiful, clear, 
lakes. And there's spots in Lake Osseus when it's full that's well over 200 feet deep. And it's surrounded by lush, beautiful mountains with lots of wildlife. Um, you get somebody from Chicago, flatland, city, comes out here. It's dead quiet, um, beautiful, and he's probably caught the biggest bass he's ever caught in his life because Chicago's not really known for a huge bass fishery, you know. And then, and then also the Midwest, you know, they come out and they come out in in December and it's sixty five degrees, you know, where it's it's sleet and snow there, and some of their their lakes are frozen. Um, it's just it's like you said, it's just a jewel. It's a jewel of the southern Southern California. And. You know, for, for uh, California lakes, people talk about how California is different than the East Coast. And uh, maybe highlight, highlight what they're saying there. I mean, I know a lot of the, if you look on YouTube or the pro circuit or whatever that may be, most of all that is East Coast stuff. What's the difference um, between that East Coast and, and West Coast stuff with yeah. fishing bass? Yeah, so in not, not only East Coast, but Midwest and Texas and South it's all different. Mexico, you know, all, all those places are different fisheries. And they're all fantastic fisheries, and I want to fish them all. And I have fished a lot of them. What's nice about the, the fishing in the West, yeah, it, it may be nice or it may be something you don't enjoy, but the water is very clear, it's very deep, and um, it's very challenging you know, there's, uh, it's a completely different cover than what they get in different states. I'm not saying it's better or worse, but it's just completely different. You know, there's a lot of rockier shorelines, um, and, and namely the deeper water. I mean, typically we're fishing in, uh, you know, 15 to 50 feet of water for bass at any point. Um, it could be summer or winter time. I, I, like I mentioned, Texas, I, I like to fish Texas a lot. Uh, a lot of those lakes are only 20 feet in the middle of the lake, in the deepest part. Uh, you got a lot of grasses and tulies and, and stick-ups and trees and stuff here. Well, we got that, but we also have the deep water, the clear water, and um, and a little a little more consistent water temperature than those places. So the fish are just, they, they react a little differently than they do in other areas of the country. Now, um, a good friend of mine, he says, you know, and he's not a fisherman, but he says, fishing's luck. He, he doesn't like fishing, you know, or so he, in his opinion, he looks, he says, they just put, a, put it in the water and it's luck. It's just, it's not even a sport. It's just dumb luck. Mm-hmm. Now, talk, talk to us about how it's not luck. What, what's really going on? Because I I've seen enough to know that it's not. Luck. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely probabilities, mm-hmm. possibilities of probabilities. Mm-hmm. But but talk to us about what's going on. Well, you make your own luck, you yeah, know. Right. So yeah. yeah, so you know, it's just time on the water and being aware and learning the whole time. Uh, the the guy who um, let's say it's a boat fisherman and he goes to the same cove every single time and. Uh, which that's what he enjoys to do, and that's totally fine. But now you're hoping to catch something. You're hoping something's in that cove, you know. Every single time I anchor in the same spot, I drop a nightcrawler down, and I don't catch anything. Well, I caught one last year there, you know, but I go to the same spot. Well, yeah, that might be some luck. But, you know, the uh, the it, it really depends on going out and looking for these fish, trying to determine their patterns, and figure out what they're eating, where they're going to be, and uh, 
and then uh, that's that's part of making your own luck um the uh um you know it 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 really is time on the water you know the better you do i i use a lot of i use a lot of uh, uh comparisons to golf i i golf as well and you know it's the same lake it's the same course it's the same weather whether you're on the lake or you're on the course you know uh i'm going to shoot a, a 120 and you're going to shoot scratch game it's the same course it's the same thing you know why are you better than i am well you've probably been playing a little longer you know you paid attention to your equipment or you you saw that your drive wasn't uh on par <laughs> so you uh practiced it a little bit more well the same thing goes with fishing you know you go out and you know the different patterns the different baits you might need to use for different uh different years or, or I'm sorry, different seasons. And, um, you may not be so good with, let's say your drop shot is your wedge and your, uh, your crankbait is your driver. Well, I don't drive so well. Well, I need to go learn how to use my crankbait a little better, you know, until you go through all the clubs in your bag and you're really good at all of them. Yeah. It's an know? interesting yeah. metaphor. Yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, where, where can people go to, to learn more about fishing, you know, if they're looking to, to try and um, get better at it? Where's a good spot you recommend to try and, you know, I guess, up their game? Yeah, well, there's, 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 there's just no substitute for, they call it turns on the prop or just time on the water. You know, just going out and cutting your teeth. But it doesn't hurt to hire a guide, you know. A guide will is is the quick study. Typically, going to put you right on the fish. Use what's catching them with the with the right gear. Now, if that's not your thing, and uh, you but you want to interact with people, and you think you might want to be a bass fisherman, join a bass club. There's uh, bass clubs are great. Uh, it's typically a bunch of anglers that get together, maybe once a month, maybe more. And they talk about uh, tournaments. They talk about current events in the fishing world. They they talk about uh, techniques, knots, equipment, everything. And then they ha- usually have a club tournament. And the club tournaments are, are not high stakes, but you know you get to see where you're at in the group. And then it it, it teaches you on what you might need to focus on to get better to beat those guys next time, which ultimately makes you a better fisherman. And to keep going, there's also YouTube. I mean, YouTube's great. Everything's on YouTube. You can go on YouTube and you could type in how to how to throw a jerk bait, and there'd be 30 guys on there uh, giving you their opinion on the best way to use it, and uh, see which one sticks. You know, and and then not just with lakes and bass fishing. Um, I mean, a fisherman's a fisherman. You think there's a fish there? Go try to catch it as long as it's legal. There's also sport boats you can get on in the ocean and and do that and uh, or f- you know w- in doing all this you're going to meet the right people at some point and you're going to meet some buddies that you know have a passion for it just the same as you and uh, you'll hang with him and just go fishing. Yeah, Fred. There's a lot of people out there that um, you know that that I think uh, that have supported you and your fishing efforts and yes. I want to give you a chance to talk about them. Um, you know, so 
you know, I know, I know there's a number of them, but, but who are, who are some of those folks that have sponsored you and helped you out? And can you, can you give them a shout out? Absolutely. Yeah. I appreciate you letting me do that. The, first of all, my clients and people who have helped me along the way, thank you so much. There's a couple tackle shops, uh, that I really want to plug. Um, uh, Angler's Den in, in Camarillo, California. They're just, uh, Rick and there's, uh, fantastic. You know, he's, He's a old schooler. He's been around a while, and he knows just about everything there is about everything there is with fishing. You know, great guy to talk to. And then, of course, Eric's tackle in Ventura. Uh, Eric, go see Eric. The the guy's fantastic. He's 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 got wisdom beyond his years, and um, they have everything, absolutely everything you, you can possibly need in there. And then uh, some of the brands that helped me out through my tournament days and continue to help me out with equipment and uh, and uh, tournaments and, and everything. I, I mean, I just, I, I, I'm so blessed to know these people. Uh, one of them's uh, uh, Spencer McKenzie's Restaurant in Ventura and Camarillo, both locations. Uh, uh, John, who owns that, is my tournament partner and just a fantastic fisherman and runs one of the best fish houses there are, the best restaurant around. Um, Salty Crew is a brand that I've been with since the very beginning, and they're friends of mine, and they make the best gear uh, for fishing and surfing as well. Uh, Globe is the shoes. Now, listen, this is something that you might want to think about when you're fishing. You're going to be standing all day, the whole day. In, uh, if you're on a boat, it, it's never still. And you need good shoes and globe shoes. I swear, uh, if if they if if they didn't sponsor me, I'd still buy them. Traeger Grills. Uh, if you're into the fishing world, you're probably into grilling and uh, sportsmen just love barbecue. And Traeger is the best on the planet. This one, uh, it, uh, Surface Sunscreen, is, is close to my heart because uh, being in the sun, like I am in the last few years, I've had quite a few things removed. And a lot of it was from sunscreen not being used years ago. So surface sunscreen, I've been with them for quite a few years now, and it's the best. And then, and also with fishing, you need very good sunglasses. There's just that you don't go buy the five dollar ones at the liquor store. Get yourself a good pair of sunglasses, and those are Canons. Canon uh, sun uh, sunglasses are the best, and uh, of course. Now everybody who's ever fished for bass knows Robo Worm, and Robo Worm is uh, just huge to me. They're just the the, the best company on earth. Uh, take care of me very very well, and um, not just because uh, of the baits, but because of what they produce on my boat. Nice. And that's it. Yep. I love it. Yeah. Love thanks. It. Yeah. Hey, well, this is Fred Clinshaw, uh, the Hammer of Fury on Instagram. Also, FredClinshawFishing.com. You can check them out uh, online or on Google. Uh, read those reviews, 56 five-star reviews on there. Or you can call or text 805-630-0160. Fred, before I let you go, I know you uh, you mentioned Traeger. And uh, let's say we catch a nice three-pound trout. Uh, yeah. how, how are we going to cook that? Well, oh, give us one recipe. man, I got, the, I got it just for you. So... This is funny. When we're fishing and trout is typically, there has been quite a few trips that after a plant we, we focus on trout, but trout is typically a bycatch. And a lot of times they're strictly wanting bass, but we'll catch a trout occasionally. And I'll always ask the client if they want it. If they say no, 
I keep it. <laughs> so here's a quick recipe. So trout typically have a lot of bones in them. Uh, what I do, and th- this takes a long time, but do this. You, you, you'll be glad you did. Fillet it off. Fillet it off the the spine, just a typical fillet, but and then fillet the skin off it. Make it a skinless, boneless type fillet. Get a pair of needle nose. Pull every single bone out. It's going to add about ten minutes to your cleaning, but big deal. Just do it. Then cut that thing into squares. Cut those that fillet into squares, like you know, about four inches by however wide it is. You're going to put a little bit of garlic salt on it. A little bit of coarse ground pepper and a little bit of brown sugar on that thing. And then cook it fast on your Traeger so that the center is almost uncooked and the outside seared. You heard my phone number. Call me, <laughs> text me, and I want to hear those thank yous. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. All right, Fred Clinchaw, everybody. Uh, check him out, fredclinchawfishing.com. Thank you so much, Fred. Thank really you, a treat. Thank you, yeah. yeah. Awesome.